Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Today we are broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Guarantee we're going to be talking corn. We're going to talk a lot of beans today, a lot of frustrations that have been happening as Darren Fessler joins us with Lakefront Futures. Let's dive into this overnight market. Kind of set the tone for what we saw in today's day trade. Yeah, it really, it really did. It set the tone last night. Uh, you know, the BRICSEC, uh deal might have something impact to do with it. It certainly did on the S&P futures today. But then the USDA came out late yesterday and this morning basically reiterated they're going to resurvey uh, North Dakota, Minnesota. Uh, obviously, they should after last week's storms. So I think that in itself it brought a little bit of fuel to uh, today's markets. Looking at that recertification when the USDA sent out that news release really shouldn't come as a surprise to many when they look at the weather that's been in there. No, I mean, a lot of customers in North Dakota this week, and they were reporting, you know, 20, 25 inches of snow uh, with flat beans. Uh, so, you know, there, there's definitely going to be some yield loss coming from there. How much, we don't quite know. That's what the resurvey is going to do. Uh, even though on this, you know, the October WASI report, I, I still felt the USDA was a little bit still high on that bean yield, and now you had that snowstorm come. So it, it is definitely going to, uh, I think, drag on these beans a little bit lower yet, and we still got some situations going on in South America to add a little bit of fuel underneath that too. And not, not only that, is we have the China deal as well potentially in the mix that could really, really rock and roll these beans even higher, even we're up 90-some cents already. So you know, it seems like there's a lot of bullish fundamentals right now in beans. There was a lot of concern as well in the weekly crop progress report, and people were questioning the numbers, knowing that this report was as of the 13th of October, and this storm had already been there. Yeah, I mean, the beans, I believe, on as of as of Tuesday when the r- report was released, I mean, we are 26% on harvested on beans, uh, tw- 22% or so on corn, and, and I look around just here in Nebraska, uh, there's quite a bit of beans still left to be cut and, and a lot of other places as well but the the main thing i look at and i when i talk to customers is what are your yields looking like there's a lot of people that are 10 15 percent or more behind what they were even last year what they normally are uh and, and then there's very very small pockets that are decently good yields to really good yields but that's a very small area most people this year you know they're going to be looking for quite a bit lower bean yields but it's you know, there's still a lot of people that still need to do uh, marketing on those beans and, you know, price the beans. And it's, it's you know, when do we need to do this with all this bullish fundamental news? And could we have a setback? I think that's the biggest questions producers are asking me right now. What can we see in this market? I, mean, I know it's asking you to look into the, the globe a little bit and try to figure out what's going to happen. But there's so much snow on the ground in North Dakota. And they're not the only ones that are dealing with weather adversity. No, I mean, if you look all across the northern plains, it is it's extremely wet, probably the wettest they've been in many, many years. Now, it's not uncommon for some of the areas in Dakota and Minnesota this time of year to maybe get that early snow, but to have three times the record amount of snow is quite odd. Uh, you know, as far as the beans, I, I've been in the, the, the camp where these things could continue to move higher and retest those summer highs. We've got very, very close to them uh, recently here, and I, I, I still think that you know, we're going to probably move into much more of a sideways to choppy trade until we know a little bit more, until more data comes out. But I think, you know, if you're looking at looking ahead to the November WASDE report, I think that's what could maybe fuel this market, you know, into that January, March time frame. Because uh, keep in mind, Brazil is still, you know, 10, 12 percent behind where they normally are on planting. 
and it's you know how if they don't get that plant on time does it push the bean harvest off impact in their corn planting in i think in general is if beans go higher in the u.s here it's going to have an impact on corn because of what's going on in south america too which for the corn guys will be okay to see some higher prices coming their way oh yeah i mean we're dealing with a, a quite an erratic market movement so far this year where we went from 470 to 350 and everyone's saying well, we don't have the yield, we don't have the yield well is it time the usda recognizes that? that's that's you know they they may have one idea the producer may have another but at the end of the day we're still looking at okay values you see the strength in the basis contracts i don't think that's going away the strength of the basis contract could be something that because harvest is slow and because we may have not had the crop we had last year either you know, everybody has been saying that this is going to be a weather-related market, and you and I have talked about this in extensive uh, in times past, but you look at where we started out this crop season and where we're ending up this crop season, it seems like every producer across the country, I mean, the, the flash drought, as they're calling it, in, in the southeast part of the country, to too wet in, in the northern part. Yeah, it, this has been a year of many, many extremes, and it's probably a year for most farmers just want to get harvest done with move on to 20 and you know if we do start thinking about 20 there is some opportunities right now for the the these 20 corn that's pretty attractive right now if we do come up with those acres come next spring so that was going to be my question we look to 2020 do we start doing some marketing thoughts even before we get our 19 crop out of the ground i'm telling producers absolutely um, you, i think you have to start looking where these 20 is even though you know a lot of people are knee deep in the harvest right now, I, I never think it's too early to start thinking about next year, and even on the beans yet. What type of pressure? I mean, the November WASDE report comes out. Is that going to have, or are we going to have to wait December, January to really see the pressure from that information come out and affect the market? Yeah, I think it's much more on the bean story right now, as far as the U.S. is concerned. Um, if the USDA remains neutral on any of their numbers as far as corn is concerned, if it's a 167, 168, it's hard for this to see. It's hard for me to see, I guess, the market moving much, much higher uh, than where we currently are if we have a carryout of 1.9. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to talk about. Of course, it has been a choppy trade. We'll look a little bit at the livestock side as well. A little knee-jerk reaction that we saw on the cattle market. But we'll dive a little bit more into this whole trade discussion, what it's all going to mean for this market. And, of course, the dollar as well. How is that being factored into everything we're seeing on a Thursday trade? You're listening to the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Darren Fessler joins us for part two from Lakefront Futures. If folks could hear the conversations we have during the commercial break. Flamingos showing up in fields. We've got shark fins showing up in other fields. All because of the fact that this has been such a wet year and it continues to be that way. And guys, look at these fields now. And as they're trying to get into harvest, they need to be thinking about what they're going to put back in those fields in 2020. And you're having those discussions with your clients. Yeah, and we, we continue to have them. We've had them for the last, oh, good six weeks now. Um, if we look at the preceding crop years for like, uh, say, these 20, and we look at the last six years, I mean, we're at the highest levels we've been at for the next crop year in the fall time frame of that, uh, the previous year. So we need to take advantage of some opportunities up here, whether whether you're making some HTAs or hedging some stuff or just getting a, just more or less getting a plan in place of where you need to be on the corn 
and and granted, I, I've been on this camp where there is a lot of bullish fundamental stuff that could still happen in the beans, and I still think you look at, you know, November of 20 beans up 975, there is some opportunities that could present themselves as well, too, just to give producers somewhat of a starting point, because the issues that we're having here right now, it's going to be front month lead. It's going to be the DEES. It's going to be the January bean contracts. You know, so it's not necessarily going to probably impact all that much uh, of that new marketing year out to 20. Have you heard, um, as, as guys start looking at 2020, um, what we're seeing in, in land values when it comes to renting? Because I'm sure that's going to be all factored into what they're looking at for prices and how they're playing the futures. Yeah, a lot of people that I've spoke to about early negotiations on rent and stuff, there's not a whole lot of change. Uh, they're very, very little right now with what I've heard is, is tremendous increase. There's not very many of that. I mean, most I've actually talked to, they've actually had some pretty good landlords that have worked with them to a point where they are going to be a little bit lower than next year. But I, I can't say that as a whole. I mean, you can look at some of these land sales in Iowa, for example. They're still, boy, it, you know, you look at the price of what they sold at, and it's like, wow, the farm economy is still doing okay. But it, it's pockets where land sales are very strong. And makes you wonder how it pencils out. It, it really does. They're, they're generational-type purchases. There's no question about it. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, you still got to, you know, whether how you're a big guy or a small guy, you, you still got to break even, and, and managing that risk is one way of doing that. Looking at the dollar, what are your thoughts as how it's factoring in and affecting our exports? Yeah, I think the last few weeks of the dollar, you know, we came well, well off those highs. I think if we continue to see this move lower, and if we have a little throw a bone at the, the market and lowering some interest rates, it's going to put further pressure on the dollar. Uh, so I, at the end of the day, I think it's probably a good thing. Uh, if we look at some of where the dollar is comprised versus the real, uh, I am a little bit concerned is if we get much higher in these prices, which they, they very well could, uh, are we going to get our pricing ourselves out of the market to a point where it's, it, it will impact our exports even more? Um, that, that's my concern. You know, longer term thinking here, if, if you know, we do it l- lower interest rates, you know, the impact on exports if, if we can't be competitive with places like Brazil. Looking as we uh, move forward, and we know, I mean, it's just a topic. No matter where you go, folks talk about harvest, but then it makes the conversation we continue have every day about basis. Because we're seeing the delay, we know we've got to keep the pipeline going. Is there going to be a push to offer some higher basis to get that crop sold? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Uh, but if you have wet conditions, if you have snow on the ground, if you've had five-plus inches of rain, if the conditions of getting that corn or beans out may not be ideal. So you are going to see that push uh, for stronger basis in, in some of those front-month delivery contracts. I think that that's something that continues on just because harvest is, you know, two three weeks behind what it would normally be. And so I do think basis for a little while here is going to remain strong. And I think that's one of the main factors why. And the other, the other factor is I've been in this camp where it's, I don't know about USD's last year's, projection on their their yield because we've had strong basis throughout the entire year in a lot of places of the country uh, where I've had some customers that uh, typically hold on to grain longer in a season than most and they were even out of corn so it kind of makes you uh, think about or beg the question did we have the crop that we the, U, what the USDA said we had last year and so I, I don't think these basis markets collapse all that much I think they remain relatively strong. Cattle market, as we quickly get ready to wrap up here, Dodge City, Kansas, we know that there was an explosion at a Cargill facility. 
we saw some knee-jerk reaction right away in the markets. Yeah, we did. I mean, as far as the cattle, uh, the the fats continue to move higher. Uh, I think they're on a really strong trend. I, I don't see that that continuing. Although I do want to caution producers, if you got some levels that you know you need to hedge or your break-evens, we've had run quite a bit here. So I think that you just need to keep that in the back of your mind and maybe look for some hedge opportunities if we continue to move higher. And, of course, always keep that line of communication going with folks like you. So then what's the best way for folks to reach you? Yeah, they can reach me directly at 402-366-0423, or they can reach us at lakefrontfutures.com. And, of course, follow you on Twitter as well. Yes, follow me on Twitter, DDF Alpha. All right, stick around. We've got, of course, more coming up as we continue. You can hear with Trading Bits and Bites tomorrow as Darren dives more into these markets. And that is a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Find the podcast on our website, rollradio.com, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Rural Radio Network.